This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's always game day in Cleveland. We remind you, if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. But more importantly than that, give us a review. Rate it. Hey, we want your feedback on this thing. We're all in it together. And if you want to be a part of the show, why don't you just tweet at us at Game Day Cleveland, at Game Day Cleveland. So all those things are available to you. Daryl always likes answering your questions. I like answering questions. We love talking about it. Look, I mean, it's spring, and we're talking about a team that isn't really going to hit the field until August. So let's enjoy it and let's have some fun. Um, Daryl, there are a couple stories that have come out, at one in particular about the mayor of Dallas saying that he wants a second team, and I think that feeds right into this conversation we've been having for like the last two weeks, you and I, about the oversaturation of the game, the too much uh, trying to have give you NFL football every day of the week and how that could backfire on the team. And then you brought up something about gambling a little bit later. Let's start with Dallas. What would Jerry Jones do if there was a second team in Dallas? Because, you know, the mayor is talking about how they're going to surpass Chicago as the third biggest city in the United States. Um, since this is a family-friendly podcast, I'll just say that uh, Jerry Jones would probably lose his collective you-know-what. <laughs> he's got a he's got a So what you're saying? You're, he's got a stranglehold on that market. He would lose his pants over this one. Oh, yeah. They, oh, he might lose str- his pants over this one. He does, Jerry Jones is not going to want to share his market with another football team. That just isn't going to happen. He First of all, he's too powerful of an NFL owner, number one. Number two, uh, he, he's turned I, he's turned the Cowboys into, I believe, the NFL's most valuable franchise financially. They're worth uh, a couple of billion dollars. I haven't checked the Forbes rankings lately, but they're always in the top three as far as most valuable uh, franchises. So, I, yeah, Jerry Jones is not a guy that strikes me as someone who's more than willing to share his wealth in the name of uh, the good of the NFL. The only reason he wanted uh, two teams in Los Angeles with – uh, the Rams and the Chargers was because uh, Los Angeles was going to bring the NFL more money. Not that Los Angeles really cares about either one of those franchises. Maybe the Rams more so than the Chargers because they historically have had more success. And number one, number two, they they're coming off a Super Bowl. But 
I mean, let, let's remember the Chargers couldn't even fill a soccer stadium out there, and when they did fill it, it That's was it, they they were basically playing a road game uh, because the the visiting uh, teams' fans would come in and and take the the joint over. All right, so um, yeah, Jerry Jones is not going to share the wealth in Dallas. That just is not going to happen. Um, it it would be it's easy for the NFL you... to expand, but they run into a couple of problems. Mm-hmm. Number one, realignment. They would have to realign again, and I just I don't know how they would go about doing that. I think if the league does expand, it's going to be overseas. It's going to be in Europe, Germany, England. Uh, you know, those are the two countries that immediately come to mind because I I really think that these overseas games are trial balloons. I honestly thought for a while that the Jacksonville Jaguars would move to London. I still think that there's a chance that could happen, but at some point down the road, not immediately. But I could see the NFL creating a Europe division where they put four teams overseas, and that becomes a Europe division. And it, you know, teams ha- fly over. It's kind of like baseball or basketball when you do the, the West Coast trip. Well, now you do the European trip, right? I, I could see something yep. like that happening down the road. But again, you got the, the, the travel is really, really difficult to Europe. So you couldn't uh, – what do you do if you're a West Coast team, right? You're the NFC West or the AFC West. And going to Europe, that's really super taxing. So even while conceptually it sounds great to do a four-team division in Europe, logistically, can you make it work? So um, ultimately, they're eventually going to go to a, 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 a an 18th game. That's going to happen at some point here. Um, maybe that makes way for that European foreign division. Maybe they even put a team in Mexico at, at some point. But that's kind of what they're doing with this overseas, with all these uh, international games that they're doing. Is I think they're all trial balloons, and the league is seeing you know, what type of revenue could be there. They did a thing recently where teams have uh, territorial rights overseas. They, they basically carved up the world and gave teams huh. specific territorial rights, which I thought was – you know, really super interesting. And the teams had to pay for that, by the way. They, they had to <laughs> – it became another revenue stream for the NFL. Teams had to buy territorial rights overseas. But, yeah, I I just – I well, Are you saying – but, Daryl, hey, Dar- that's a little confusing. Are you saying that current NFL teams are buying territorial rights in Europe? Or is yeah. it that there are people in Europe that are trying to buy the territorial rights? No, the, the, the teams bought the territorial rights to Europe through the league. Uh, and that, and that huh. was uh, you know, for marketing purposes in that. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> that happened. That really did happen. So, yeah, I just wow. – I don't know that – I didn't I know just, I don't think – I just – I don't feel like expansion in the States is very feasible. Uh, I think at 32 teams, they're maxed out. Yeah, but I could see Jacksonville moving within the United like, – you may not say Dallas, but San Antonio might be able to handle a team. Uh, maybe Portland. You know, there are other cities. You know, when we talk about the baseball expansion – it's almost the same, although I think it's more lucrative in baseball because you have more home dates and more opportunities to, to fill the seats if you're going to do it that way. Um, but I, I also see a path to having that NFL Europe division exist when you start talking about some of the things you're talking about changing game times, like a 2 o'clock game on Friday. That was in pro football talk. I was like, yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm concerned because I still think that their bread and butter is having multiple games on Sunday. And not just four. I mean, you could be looking at a Europe game in the morning, which I, I, I'm not a big fan of those games, those 9 a.m. games here. Actually, I am. I, I, l- the, I love football for breakfast. I don't 
You do. Okay. I'm I just, love it. I'm not a fan of it. But I do know that when I lived in Montana and I was two time zones away from the Browns, I mean, the games were at 11 o'clock for me. And I was, you know, I, you got into it and you just got used to it after a while. And I guess maybe that's what it would take. But if you did go to that NFL Europe, you'd probably go to your 18 games. You'd probably go to two buys. And you could be looking at games on, you know, definitely two games on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, that's just the start. I think you could be looking at Tuesday night football. You could be looking at Wednesday night football. I still think that, you know, Saturday football is okay where they are right now and not trying to push it uh, with antitrust laws and, and playing on Saturday uh, against college football. I think they need to kind of stay away from that. Yeah, and I and I think they will. I, I, I'm a big know-your-role type of guy, and I think the NFL needs to know their role. The, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday, and Thursday night, Saturday when the college football season is over, like that's the NFL sweet spot. You know, people are working Monday through Friday. So who's going to be able to sit and watch an NFL game Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock? Right? I mean, think about that. So I just – I don't know that that's a very smart thing for the league to do. But as streaming becomes more and more prevalent and part of the league's business model, you know, where does NFL Network ultimately end up? Does Apple buy it? Does Amazon – end up buying it because I really seriously think that that's where that network is ultimately going to end up as far as their new umbrella goes once the league spins it off. Um, But yeah, I think the league needs to be very, very careful not to oversaturate their product because let's be honest about it. Quality of Thursday night games, not that great. Um, And unless there's... Is this bad though? I mean, is that... Ultimately... They want what, and I, I don't know if people even realize this, what Big Ten basketball has, okay? Right. Big Ten basketball, every game is on national television because of their own network. Right. And I that's ultimately what I have to believe the NFL wants. Well, they already wants. have that, though. Every game, to, to have its own window, though, every game to have its own individual window yeah, for I... national exposure. They don't have that yet. As long as you're going to play more than one game at 1 o'clock on Sunday, you don't have that. Could every game be a nationally televised game into its? Let's be honest about it. Let's go back to 2016-17. Do you really want those Browns teams having their own prioritized national window? No. Nobody wants to see that. (laughs) Do you want to see the Jacksonville Jaguars on national TV right now? No. Nobody wants to watch that. And that's why when you look at the outside the normal Sunday windows, right, Outside the Sunday, let me rephrase, outside the Sunday at 1 p.m. window, right? Uh, CBS and Fox uh, have the prime 4 p.m. window, right? That's considered a prime window. Right. Then you have Sunday night football, which has become the jewel of the league, right? That's like the game of the week. The best matchup of the week is Sunday night football. That used to be what Monday night football was. And now it's like Monday Night Football gets the leftovers, which I do think is going to change now because of the new TV deals. I'm expecting better Monday Night Football matchups because of, uh, again, the money that's involved in what ESPN slash Disney has forked over in their their new media deal. And then Thursday Night Football became like a throwaway. It was, uh, to your point, about giving each team their own prime window. Well, that was the, the impetus behind them uh, 
coming up with the Thursday night game was, well, we want to give some of our lesser uh, exposed teams, right? The Browns always would get Thursday night football games, but they would be only on right. NFL Network. Like, they wouldn't put the Browns on the simulcast with uh, it was, it was CBS before, Fox but now it, and then it was Fox. Now it's just Amazon Prime. Um, and, I, and, and so I just – I think that the NFL has to be very, very careful with oversaturating this product from a talent perspective and expansion, and then also just with being on all the time. Sometimes people need a little bit of a break. That's just that's just my take on it. Well, the only other the, the one thing I'll say about having teams that are like you know zero and fifteen, and, and teams that you think people don't want to see, it's a matter of marketing, and I and I just say this just from. Oh, yeah, people want to watch a train wreck. There's no question. (laughs) Well, it's not the train wreck they want to watch. What you want to do is you want to highlight the other side. So let's just say Kansas City's really good and the Browns aren't. I'm just throwing that out there. That the marketing all becomes about Patrick Mahomes. When when I was traveling with the Cavaliers, we would roll into the cities all the time where we knew their team wasn't playing real well. And what would the billboard be? It wouldn't be one of their players. It would be come see LeBron. Right. And so what you do is you market the other side of it. And that's how – you get away from trying to highlight the fact that you might have a team that's struggling, but then you call them emerging or you try to figure out, ooh, or look at their hot player. It, it becomes the, it becomes a marketing problem and not really a, what you're seeing on the field problem as far as trying to drive ratings. So, But yeah, I, I, mean, I do think you're right. It, it, it's something they have to look out for. Yeah, the NFL basically prints money. Everything that they do works and is profitable for them. It's pretty incredible, but I liken it to a rubber band, right? You pull it and pull it and pull it, and it keeps stretching, 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 until at one point the thing is going to snap. We haven't gotten there with the NFL just yet. You can see There's still some pliability there. You can still stretch the thing, but at some point, it's going to snap, and I think that they need to be very, very careful. And they, they really are. I mean, uh, the streaming that's, uh, you know, them embracing Amazon and Apple and all these streaming services. Red Zone, I think there's a chance, could end up on a streaming service here. Uh, because And the only reason they're embracing it, Andy, is because it's another revenue stream for them. It's It's non-traditional. It's outside of the ESPN, NBC, CBS, Fox revenue streams that they had been accustomed to from a media standpoint nationally. Now, all of a sudden, you've got Amazon uh, Prime, who, again, like them, also just prints money these days. Uh, Apple, same thing, just prints money these days. And so they, they, they look at those market shares, and it's to your point earlier when you were asking about Jerry Jones and another team in Dallas. It's all about market share. Jerry Jones wants 100% of that market share in Dallas. Well, the league wants to expand their market share, and they want to dip their hand in new, in basically new money here in these streaming services. What I'm interested to see, not so much the audience size on the streaming on the on the platforms. I'm interested. It, can technology keep up? Because there's a delay. Like even watching on satellite, you're a couple of seconds behind the action. And yeah. with with sports betting being so prevalent now and legal around the country, can the league afford to have its product on streaming platforms where there's latency and you might be a full minute behind the action? 
because the you know the transmissions taking longer and and how does that affect the live betting aspect of things so there there's a lot to the league has to consider there but uh you know they're going to make extra money with this Amazon deal uh and on prime they're already uh, announcing games i think it's chiefs and chargers is the first thursday night football on prime in week 2 um they did simulcasting on prime last year which i did watch amazing and let me tell you, the NFL in 4K is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm. It, it's incredible. It is a sight to behold. You can see blades of grass. That's how crystal clear 4K is. You can see, wow. you can see blades of grass. It's it's amazing. Like I saw an NBA game in 4K. I could tell you the species of wood they used for the floor. That's how clear it is. Wow. So uh, it it is going to be interesting though. I think latency is going to be a major factor. Because they want to drive that instantaneous in your seat sports betting type of thing. Are they going to pick up the first down, or is it a pass or a run, or all those other betting options there? I don't know that you're going to be able to do that if latency is a problem uh, with streaming. Uh, but uh, again, as we know, technology moves at the speed of light, and you know maybe they can kind of s- uh, shorten that that latency like they've been able to do with uh, satellite feeds. Daryl, next time we talk, we get to play the schedule game. Very excited about oh, that. I know you're not going to, you're going to lose sleep. my favorite time of year. You are going to lose sleep and we get to play the schedule game. And so can you, if you want to play along with us, uh, let us know what you think at game day, Cleveland at game day, C L E actually what it is, not Cleveland, but C L E game day, C L E. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, make sure you rate and review us. Uh, if you like listening to us, well, you know what to do. All you have to do is subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. For Meredith Kane, our producer, Darrell Ryder, our outstanding Browns beat reporter for 92.3 The Fan, I'm Andy Baskin. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.